MEC, the voice of business. Hi, this is Scott Waller, President and CEO of the Mississippi Economic Council. Welcome to the Voice of Business. With us today is Ryan Miller, who was just appointed to the is the director of the Office of Workforce Development, which is being branded as Accelerate Mississippi. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us just a, a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Scott. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have j- was just recently named the, the new executive director for the office and uh, Accelerate Mississippi. I'm a delighted to take on that role. Um, it, Originally from uh, coming in from from the University of Mississippi, where I worked at the Center for Manufacturing Excellence for nearly 13 years, uh, specifically in manufacturing education. Uh, but I'm excited about coming into this role, which I can best describe as being the Office of Coordination, an office in which we can coordinate all of our efforts, resources through a single lens of workforce strategy development, so that we can deploy those strategies in a way that makes the best and, and the greatest impact uh, for the entire state of Mississippi. Well, Ryan, we, we really appreciate what's happening with Accelerate Mississippi. We Just, just for a little background, uh, in 2014, MEC partnered with the Mississippi Economic Development Council, mm-hmm. which is the, the group of our economic developers from across the state and mm-hmm. focused on what we then just labeled as a competitiveness study. And it came back with several recommendations, but one of the, one of the top four that we focused on was creating what was referred to as a one-stop shop for workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, Several states have them. They're all there. There's no, you know, it, it's kind of like in the, in the state chamber world. We say if you've seen one state chamber, you've mm. seen one state chamber. <laughs> Same thing in the workforce world. I'm sure if you've seen one workforce office, you've seen one workforce office. But the concept of working and bringing everything together mm-hmm. in a centralized effort was was very much uh, a top priority from this this report. I think there was a, a second study that was done, not by us but by others, that kind of echoed that. Mm-hmm. And we worked for. A number of years to move toward that, and of course, we are now at that point where the office of state office of workforce development has been created and now rebranded as Accelerate. Tell me, why is it so important to have the type of coordination and cooperation that this office now has the potential to put together? Sure, uh, and and I preface that by saying I'm very appreciative of of MEC and. The role that they've played in, in voicing that uh, desire, that concern, certainly that idea. Um, I think that uh, your organization certainly has has been such a great partner, and I'd look forward to, to growing that partnership. I, I do think that having a single point of contact, a single focal point, or a, a office of coordination, if you will, uh, I think it just makes it simple. It's a simple fact that if you can organize yourselves where you have more coordination of the finite resources that are available you can get more strategically done for the state. Um, I think it's been the case throughout the state where you'll you'll have um, multiple organizations going in different directions, uh, attacking different hills as it relates to workforce. And some of those might result in some good positive outcomes, but it's it's not consistent, hasn't been consistent. Uh, and we're not able to see the real full effect of it as if we were to able uh, able to coordinate those efforts in a way that we are addressing the the emergent needs, the the, the, the true immediate needs that we're finding in workforce in the state of Mississippi as well as using those resources in a coordinated fashion to plan for the horizon. What's coming? New technologies, new innovation, the uh, ebbs and flows of the marketplace. How can we better prepare as a state in our strategy development and deployment to prepare for those things? We now have an office through which we can focus that effort, and in large part because of voices like MEC that have uh, recognized we needed that in the first place. 
You know, workforce development is, is probably our top priority. When mm -hmm. We go out on the road, we always see that. And we're, we're seeing that now in our, we're doing listening sessions this year where we actually just kind of open up the discussion and say, what, what, do you, what do you see as an issue? And it, it, it really resonates as, as the top issue. Mm -hmm. but, but that being said, what we've also learned is there, there are pockets of excellence in this area mm -hmm. uh, across the state. But they sort of work in their own little, I hate to use the term silo, but they do their thing. Sure. And they don't really cross, you know, coordinate with others. What are you seeing in your short time in this role at Accelerate? What are you seeing in terms of what's out there and how do we, how do we get synergies among them? That's a great point. Uh, and yes, I think in the, the five months that I've been in this, serving in this capacity, trying to travel to the different parts of the state, talking to different uh, communities and different uh, partners, uh, you know, from the Gulf Coast all the way to, to Northeast or Northwest Mississippi. I think you're right. I think there are pockets of excellence. There are groups that have done things locally in their communities that have moved the needle for the for their communities. Um, either um, they don't have the means by which to grow that opportunity outside the, the, the confines of the community, or they just don't know that there's a need for that. I, I think what I'm finding is that in those instances where you've got organizations that have done things well, um, they're, they're, they don't have or not, they, they haven't had the resources or the partners at a state level that can get that information to the rest of the state. So I, I tell, for instance, I was in, uh, in Jones County yesterday, um, you know, telling uh, businesses, telling the community college, telling educators there, part of my job is to be a megaphone for these small communities. When there are successes that have taken place, we need to, we need to tell the rest of the state about that. Why? Well, we've got to start telling our story for ourselves anyway. Um, we want to celebrate those things that we can celebrate, but there's also an opportunity to learn how we might be able to take those successes adapt them, uh, modify them to a, a deploy in another part of the state where we can see some, some success there as well. So I think, uh, to, to your point, it, it is gathering that information, um, again, coordinating that effort to try to tell the story better, be that megaphone that uh, the rest of the state can enjoy those successes. But we might be able to see uh, learning best efforts. We might be able to see those successes grow in other parts of the state as well. And, and since we have those successes and we want to build on them, what is business's role? Mm -hmm. how, how do businesses interact better with the workforce element to make sure the training that's taking place mm -hmm. is actually training that meets the needs mm -hmm. of those businesses? I think, uh, and, and it's specific to some of your constituency, those businesses that are willing to be vocal about and be specific about what their needs are right now. I, I think uh, I have encountered uh, on occasion uh, companies that are willing to say we have a need, but they're not able to really define what is that need. Is it that you need more people with this specific skill or you just need more people in general? So businesses that can be very specific about we have a need and here's what it is. Mm -hmm. This is what we need you to be working on. That's very helpful. The other area that I would say businesses can be of great resource to us is at Accelerate. There's no better positioned entity that tell us of what's coming down uh, the pipe. You know, some companies in the state of Mississippi, they know the trends that are coming in the marketplace. They see the innovations of, of technology coming and how that's going to impact their workplace. They're the ones who are best positioned to tell us what's coming therefore how to better prepare for it as it relates to workforce education. So I think your constituency, your membership, your partners, those that can be vocal and be honest 
uh, and provide us more consistent communication are going to be those great partners that we rely on. And, and I think that's important because you then you understand what the needs are. And, and to that point, if you think about it, the manufacturing sector is a ex- very extremely important mm-hmm. sector in mm-hmm. Mississippi's economy. And in the past, you really thought workforce development is really training for that sector. Mm-hmm. In reality, workforce development is everything. I mean, I, I was asked a question very recently that says, uh, you know, what is – what is MEC's position in terms of supporting education? And my answer was simply, we are very strong supporters of education because in reality, all parts of education from pre-K all the way through K-12, through community colleges, IHL, and even adult learning, every bit of that education process is workforce development. Oh, no, no doubt. And so that, I wanted to just kind of say, are we in a position to kind of shift our thought process of when you say workforce development, we get out of the mindset that it's strictly dealing with giving training for those jobs that are in the manufacturing sector? I think it's a great point. And, uh, you know, I will, I will uh, wholeheartedly admit that my background and my previous role was working for an educational entity that focuses on manufacturing. Uh, and I, I think I agree with you. I think so many people, when they say workforce development, they, they automatically or instinctively kind of uh, gravitate towards this manufacturing sector. There is no doubt that manufacturing plays a vital role, a, an enormous role in the overall economic health of the state of Mississippi. But uh, workforce involves everything. Uh, you, whether we're talking about uh, the hospitality uh, management uh, sector, banking and finance, whether we're talking about um, um, e- even the service industry, um, they, it's all part and parcel to workforce development. And what we have to do is make sure that those industries and those sectors that have a, um, have a vested role and vested interest in Mississippi, that they're heard and that the strategies that we develop and, and our, our positioning to deploy go to helping uh, provide them health and their workforce needs being met just right along with, with manufacturers. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, yesterday, talking with some folks that also shared the, the belief that workforce is all parts of education feed into workforce. So uh, I've said before, uh, even in pre-K and kindergarten, when you're teaching children how to resolve conflict over a, a crayon, you're, that's workforce development. That's conflict resolution. You're, you're laying a predicate for how two young people um, navigate working in a space together, solving problems, working as a team. All of that is part and parcel to developing a workforce that can go in regardless of that career path, can go into their communities and provide value by being uh, a, a good team member. Um, and, and we talked uh, at length about job opportunities that weren't even in the manufacturing sector. So uh, I think you're absolutely right, and certainly Accelerate Mississippi has a perspective that the, the strategy that we develop and deploy is going to be a strategy that, um, that, that certainly is going to bring value to all those sectors, because you're right, they're all part of the, the, the vibrancy of Mississippi economy. And, and I could not agree with you more about early childhood education being part of You know, we, we view early childhood education as almost two-pronged. Mm-hmm. One is we want to make sure that we have a good quality uh, child care with that educational component mm-hmm. that's going to help those students be prepared for school. Mm-hmm. But it also creates an environment that makes the parent more comfortable so that they can be in the workforce today. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's really, it, it is a very important sector. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how 
training has changed, how the job market has changed, technology has played a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And technology is involved in just about all aspects and really become a whole lot heavier in manufacturing over the last few years. Sure. But in general, where do you see our opportunities in the technology side of growing our economy and as it relates to our workforce? Sure. So I, I think there's uh, there's any number of avenues we could pursue in this, but I will say generally, um, you know, the the more that we can um, get. Um, computer science education at, a, at an earlier age, the more that we can get um, you know, opportunities for young people in their classrooms to, to engage these emerging technologies sooner. So uh, I was at the, the uh, Innovation Academy in Vicksburg uh, a week ago. Um, and seeing students' faces light up when they talked about their 3D printing uh, project that they've just just completed. Getting, uh, you know, 3D uh, printers are somewhat ubiquitous now in in, uh, in classrooms. It would seem to pop up everywhere. But but th this is the kind of thing that we have to those those breakthroughs in innovation and technology aren't just going to impact manufacturers. You know. Uh, how we provide services in the food industry are impacted by breakthroughs in, in innovation technology. How food is prepared and how it's packaged and how it's uh, d disseminated and how it's uh, delivered to its customer. Technology is changing that. So getting, getting young people, getting old folks like me, more comfortable with those technologies as they, as they come down the pike. I think we, we've got to get more opportunities to learn that technology and then get the creative juices flowing to see how can we use these technologies in ways maybe they weren't even considered in the first place. So um, I, I think Accelerate certainly recognizes that we've got some immediate needs, manufacturing, service industry that may not be the most technologically advanced, but we know that's changing. We know they're going to change. So we've got to come up with strategies that meet the needs now and strategies that incorporate those technologies and innovations so that we're preparing those companies and preparing the people that will work for them uh, to engage that technology in, in, a, in a productive way. It's a challenge because uh, it's always changing, but it's one I think we're up for. Well, I do too. And, and first of all, I, I would not consider you old, but that may have something. The gray hair is well, now, but, uh, peeking through. But, but as I've said earlier, mine's already turned gray and now it's starting to turn loose. So you've got a, way, you've got a ways to go. So just, um, no, all these opportunities are pretty amazing. But we have, been, we have been on the road now for a little over a month and a half. Mm -hmm. We've held 39 sessions. We have, we've gone to, I think, 14 cities, had 39 sessions within those cities where we bring people in mm -hmm. and basically have a listening session. Sure. In other words, we say, here's a few issues we want to discuss today, but it's, it's a wide open mm -hmm. discussion. Mm -hmm. it's, it's your meeting. You tell us what you see as priorities. One of the things that continues to just time and time again come up is the stigma hmm. around what is considered workforce development. Sure. That's something that I think we really have to figure out a solution to because, again, all education is workforce development. Even if you're going to get a four-year college degree, that's you're being developed to go into the workforce. Mm -hmm. But there are so many great opportunities that do not necessarily require a four-year college degree. Sure. While they're all extremely important and we have a lot of those jobs, but a lot of the jobs are either two years associates or even uh, industry certifications, sure. things of that nature, that gives them a skill that they can then translate into a career, mm -hmm. not a job, mm -hmm. a career. From Advantage Mississippi's perspective, how important is that we start focusing on breaking down this stigma that you're not 
successful mm -hmm. if you're not getting a four-year college degree because we see it every day. Mm -hmm. People who aren't and are really not only successful in their career, but make a lot of money. Sure, sure. I think there's a, there's a huge um, effort. Uh, certainly Accelerate is going to focus on this, but a huge effort in uh, defining, redefining success for two different categories. We got to redefine success for mom and dad, and we need to redefine success for kids who are on the on the cusp of moving into the workforce. Um, and I, I and I, I cannot agree with you more. I, I love the degree that 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 I received. I'm very fortunate, very blessed to have received the education that I did. Uh, but you know, a, a four-year college being a plan A and a community college being a plan B has got to change. What we have to start doing is redefining success so that people see four-year college, two-year uh, community college uh, education or certification, all of them have to be plan A's. It's just different paths to lead to whatever success a student has defined for themselves or whatever a path a parent views for their children. A lot of that has to do with financial literacy. I shared this just the other day. I graduated from law school in 2008, and I'm not embarrassed to say I had nearly $100,000 worth of student loan debt. Now, um, I've been blessed to have been able to, to slowly over time pay that off. But if someone had given me, or if I had saved up $100,000 worth of student, or $100,000 at the end of the, my law school career, instead of using it in student loans, had I just invested that in a average performing mutual fund, I'd have nearly half a million dollars sitting in an account right now, just because that money over time uh, grew and worked for me. Helping students understand what that means and how that impacts their development of that definition of what success is and where they can go to achieve that success. All of those need to be recategorized as plan A's. College is great. Mm -hmm. I don't want to dissuade or, or, or uh, discourage people from going to get a four-year degree. But at the same time, I want to raise the level of importance of a two-year degree or certification so that they're seen with parity. They're seen as peers, not as plan B's. And I think that's going to take a lot of time to lay that predicate and get that message out, but that's something that Accelerate is certainly taking on. And, and that's, that's important from our perspective because we, through the years, have done a lot of research. And you know, the data shows that 60 to 65% of all jobs now, mm -hmm. you know, several years ago I was saying by 2020, well now we're in 2021, mm -hmm. but 60% to 65% of those jobs require some type of post-secondary education, mm -hmm. not um, necessarily a four-year college degree. Correct. But we went a little bit further and asked and, and worked with IHL to have them break down, okay, what is, um, what is the, what is the breakout? Mm. And uh, this was in our, uh, Endeavor report that we released in 2018, mm -hmm. and what we learned was that of that 60 to 65 percent, it was almost an even split mm. of jobs that are going to need a post-secondary degree that is a four-year baccalaureate or higher, mm -hmm. and jobs that are going to need anywhere from industry certification all the way up to an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the job market is going to require both. Mm -hmm. But you touched on something that we're hearing almost uniformly is that it starts with a parent mm -hmm. and parents don't they don't understand just yet the value in a way that we see it in our jobs sure. of, of, of helping grow our workforce in the state what can we do to better position the opportunities for a good paying 
long-lasting career mm -hmm. for our younger people in the state and, and sell that. Yeah, I think, I think with parents in particular, it's, it's about uh, understanding what a parent wants for their child. They want their child to be successful, financially independent. They want them to be happy. You know, some of those things uh, are, are, you know, it, I'm, I'm not going to take for granted that all those things are easily attainable. But those, by and large, it's what I want for my children. I want them to be successful in, in, the, in the sense that they are in a career they enjoy and have skill, in which they have skill. I want them to be, certainly want them to be financially independent, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that they're off the payroll at some point. Um, but I also, you know, I, I think that uh, helping parents to understand how, how, a, how their children can do that on different paths is an important thing because you're right. I think for years, the assumption is the, the only way you can really be successful is you get every degree you possibly can. And there's, again, nothing wrong with that, but there are different ways to achieve that financial independence. Um, there are different ways to, to put yourself in careers in which you have skill and passion that you would enjoy. We just have to illustrate and highlight those better. And uh, one other point that I'll make on that, it's also trying to help shepherd people into particular degree paths. Mm -hmm. So even if you are going to college or community college or pursuing certification, it's helping students understand and be aware of those particular degree paths that have opportunities in the job job market of tomorrow that are the most uh, that would be the most compelling uh, as it relates to that definitions of success they have. Um, so you know it's it's getting it's encouraging more students to pursue technical uh, disciplines and and, uh, uh, and 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 better uh, illustrating how they can how they can start on that path. And, and I think even I've seen a little bit more of you know I think IHL has embraced that too mm -hmm. in the the recent creation of the applied sciences degrees Correct. and things of that nature mm -hmm. that says, okay, you can go get your technical degree and there's still a pathway mm -hmm. in the future for you to get your, you know, your four year when the time comes, if you're ready to move up. I, I think those are the types of things that are going to help. But, but again, I think it's just making sure people understand how valuable these jobs are and celebrating. Mm -hmm. I think if we celebrate those kids who are making a choice to go into those career fields, mm -hmm. then you've got a better chance of really getting them there. And sure. I, and I'll use an example, and I know several companies do this, but but without question, the most recent I saw was with Ingalls, where they they basically had a signing day. Yeah, just like yeah. just like with with college athletes, sure. they had them at the table with the hat, the whole nine yards, and you know, signed the paper that they were going to go to work there and celebrated it in a, in a way that's – so we, if we find more ways to mm -hmm. more ways to do that, I think that that's important. And we've got to also stop thinking about it, um, you know, our mindset, yours and mine's. I mean, mm -hmm. our parents probably said, you, you need to go to college. Mm -hmm. They didn't think about it. And and I'm happy I did. And I'm, I'm like you, proud of what I've done. But mm -hmm. I, I look back on it and I see others – that took that that were willing to take that two-year approach and see the career that they've been in and how mm -hmm. successful they've been as well, is that we've got to start we've got to start recognizing this the same way. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want to tell this this story real quick mm -hmm. because I think this kind of it's it's a mind change. Uh, about three years ago at the baccalaureate service where I go to church, mm -hmm. we were honoring our high school graduates, and on two different occasions, during the sermon by our youth pastor held up four fingers and said the next four years while you're in college. And my thought process is that anybody sitting on that front row that wasn't going to college mm -hmm. was automatically devalued. Mm -hmm. 
Not intentional. Sure. Not intentional. The very next year, at our two weeks before the baccalaureate service, we had a, a men's breakfast and invited all of the, the, the senior boys that were graduating to come in, and they got up to talk about what they were going to do. Mm -hmm. We had about six kids there, and all but one of them were going to stay at Ole Miss, mm -hmm. wherever. The one got up and said, I started a, te a technical program at Colin in ele electrical technology, um, and that's where I'll be. Mm -hmm. And I thought to back to the previous year, and I, I pulled Pastor aside and said, look, if that statement is made mm -hmm. again, that young man's very excited about what he's about to do. Mm -hmm. You're going to take that away from me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not trying to be, I know it wasn't intentional, but our mindsets have to change sure. is what I'm getting at. Sure. And, and I think Accelerate is going to have an opportunity to really explain what exists, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Well, I, we look forward to that opportunity. I agree with you. Um, I think even some of the messaging we've used in the past, for even with the best of intentions, has not uh, it, it has created some confusion where that's concerned. So words are important. And choosing our words carefully so that students do see the parity between the, the, the different paths, that four-year college is plan A, that community college is plan A, and that a career certification is also plan A. They're just different paths. And it all starts with helping students understand what is it that you are defining as success for you? What is it that, that you see as your skill set and where that intersects your passion and what you enjoy? Let's look at the job market where the jobs are available. Where do we find a position for you where you're going to be wanted, needed, valued? and then get you on that path to get there. And over time, that messaging begins to change so that when that youth pastor says, the next four years, maybe they instead say, over the next years of your life, these are the things that are gonna happen. It's gonna be exciting. Um, I think Accelerate is ready to help lead the charge in developing that new, new messaging, but if it weren't for groups like MEC, uh, helping us understand based upon the information you're gathering. I think we can develop a message that works for everybody. It's, it's a mindset. We're gonna to have to quit asking where you're going to college and start asking what's what's next in your That's right. in, in your educational path. I agree wholeheartedly. Look, I know you're a very busy man. You've got a lot on your plate and you, you've been doing a tremendous job. We appreciate all that you're doing at um, Accelerate. We're excited. Uh, I've got one final question. Mm -hmm. How can, what else can we as MEC do to help you be successful. I appreciate, uh, certainly appreciate your partnership. I would just say keep those lines of communication open. As you are gathering information, boots on the ground, you two are the state, it is helpful to hear what you're hearing. Um, as we kind of grow, um, we're moving into this next stage of kind of creating our, our ecosystem structure, if you will, where we're going to be setting tables in our eight different ecosystems. And at those tables, we need voices like yours and your constituents helping us better understand, again, the story of their area, the needs of their area, um, successes in their area. So uh, this very simple answer is keep those lines of communication open because we value them greatly. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for what you do. And again, we really appreciate you being with us today on The Voice of Business, and please know that we are here to help. I appreciate that, Scott. Thank you very much. 
This podcast is a production of the Mississippi Economic Council, the voice of Mississippi business since 1949. The Mississippi Economic Council is a public policy agency dealing with a variety of issues facing Mississippi's business economy. MEC is a not-for-profit member organization made up of more than 11,000 business leaders from across the state. Our mission is to move Mississippi forward through advocacy, research, resources, and leadership. We are the Mississippi Economic Council. Mississippi's Chamber of Commerce.